Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Hello and welcome to the Built On Air podcast. Built On Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide, the leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out OpenSide.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase. On today's episode, we travel virtually to Phoenix, Arizona to speak with Jeremy Chevalier, designer, builder, and marketer. From founding and running several businesses to dabbling in the creative arts, Jeremy is truly a jack of all trades. Today, he takes us through his entrepreneurial journey and how Airtable helped him run his entire business. Jeremy studied at Arizona State University with a combined major of business marketing and graphic design. After graduating and working for different marketing agencies, he decided to start his own. This allowed him to learn even more about the marketing world and greatly contributed to his ability to build creative solutions that not only look great, but function well in a business environment. Jeremy discovered Airtable through his friend and co-founder, Matt. Together they ran their business, Publoft, almost entirely through Airtable. In today's screen share portion, Jeremy shows us the base that he credits with helping Publoft get to $24,000 a month in revenue in just seven months. Today, Jeremy is working on projects such as Crash.co, a job hunting site with a personalized twist, and Gigloft, which teaches freelancers how to run their own businesses. Check out the show notes for links to learn more about Jeremy and see his base on the Airtable universe. All right. Hello, Jeremy. Welcome to Built on Air. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course, we're so excited to talk to you today. So you are a jack of all trades, and I'm super excited to dig in and learn all about where all these different areas came from. You've got music and a career coach, design, super interesting. Um, so I just want to dig, start by digging in a little to your background and how you found Airtable. Sure. Well, to, to contextualize properly, I am, I, I definitely ascribe to the label of maker mm-hmm. uh, or tinkerer. Um, I like to take something that maybe has been started uh, to some degree and make it a hundred times better than I, you know, than, than it was before. Um, I am driven by efficiency and like user experience. Like I really strive to create, you know, a better experience, whether that be in my neighborhood by serving on my HOA board and and trying to get them to invest a little bit into the community, like the landscaping or, um, in, uh, you know, partnering with folks like my, my co-founder Matt in Publoft and, and taking his visionary ideas and building them into, you know, just things So I come from a background in art and design. I, growing up, uh, was one of a, one of a friend's group of, we were, you know, comic illustrators. We would make comics. Um, and I was always the guy who drew the, uh, the boxes and who did the lettering and nobody ever told me that that meant I should look into graphic design. So (laughs) 
I knew that I, by the time I was, I was getting into college, I had gotten really interested in like subliminal messaging. And so I wanted to, I wanted to get into advertising. Um, and so I started my freshman year at Arizona state as a business marketing major and I hated it <laughs> every minute of it, not because of anything wrong with business or marketing, but because it was gen ed and it just felt like high school. And you know, it was like, econ and compute, you know, computer science class or whatever it was. And I just like hated every minute of it. I needed uh, like an art studio style environment. And so I switched into a graphic design major, but I lived with um, some buddies who were not in college. And uh, we would, you know, we would have five days of partying every week and two days of recovery. And um, and so needless to say, I did not make it into the very competitive graphic design program after that freshman year. So I ended up doing a business management sort of um, uh, in-between degree. And um, that allowed me to take more marketing classes, allowed me to take design classes. And uh, I sort of stayed networked with the design community there at ASU. I got an internship uh, as a graphic designer at a startup before I even knew what startups were. Then I got an internship at an agency, like one of the top agencies in Phoenix. And, um, and throughout all this time, I, I was getting fired from more jobs than I was quitting from. And um, I, I just kept sort of get, having the realization that I needed to go out and work for myself, that I needed to just sort of like, you know, create my own path. And so I started uh, my first agency, Conscious Creative. I happen to be wearing the shirt. And um, I there really started to transition from designer, purely making things look cool, uh, to starting to understand kind of like the different functions of marketing, the different buckets of marketing, and, and sort of being exposed to that whole world and the fact that clients didn't care how cool it looked. They care, you know, uh, what kind of customers it brought them, what kind of, you know, how it moved the, the bottom line in their business. And, um, and so I started getting more into marketing and I learned so much uh, with Conscious Creative. And then my buddy Matt at the time had tried creating a sort of productized blog writing service for startups. He had scaled it to about $5,000 a month and then uh, wasn't able to, to, to do it on his own. It sort of crashed and burned and, and he reset and found a job for a few months. And then when he was ready to start back up, I took my knowledge um, from my time building Conscious Creative and applied it to Publoff, just like as a friend, just helping him sort of figure out his pricing structure. Um, you know, I helped him design the brand identity in a little bit more concise way. We rebuilt a website and everything. And then one day he's uh, asking me to take a look at his, um, at his pitch deck that he was gonna present at the local 1 Million Cups event. I was listed as a co-founder on the team page and I'm like, what, what is this? And he's like, well, yeah, man, you've been doing co-founder level work. Aww. Uh, you know, are, is this something you're interested in? And I was like, fuck yeah, like, absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so I, I swung full time, like I dove full time into it with him. And, um, what I'll share today is the Airtable database that grew Publoft from zero in June of 2018 to $24,000 a month. And I don't even know how many clients, 15 clients at a time, uh, seven months later, just by using 
Airtable, among other things, to you know create something that required very little time to actually manage. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the background, and I discovered Airtable through Matt. He had already started using it, and he showed me kind of what he was using, what he was doing, and my like builder mind took it and just like expanded the shit out of it. <laughs> Exactly. And I feel like that's a lot of people's stories as well. They, they're like, they see it and they're like, oh my gosh, I can do so much with this and just keep adding, adding, adding. That's right. My, my buddy Adam describes it as a, a playground for organizing. <laughs> that's a perfect description. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so Publoft, you're still uh, doing all that today? No. So um we ramped up Publoft to the point where, uh, you know, uh, Matt wanted to go down the venture scale route and mm -hmm. I was, I was open to it. Uh, but he really was the one that felt the pull towards raising, uh, raising around from investors and doing all of that. Well, he had been, um, sending Jason Calacanis, who is a big angel investor and runs a, an accelerator called launch in San Francisco. He had been sending Jason email updates every single month uh, showing our growth and our progress. And so when, when Calacanis did his first ever um, call into the podcast, like ask me anything kind of thing, Matt was the first caller of the first episode where they did that. And he asked a really smart question about what Jason thought of Tesla or whatever. And Jason was impressed, asked him what he was working on. Matt said, Publoft. Jason said, oh, I know you from your emails. You've been growing for the past six months. Um, why don't you come in and interview to be a part of the next round of launch companies? And so we got to skip the, the application phase to be considered for the accelerator. He flew to, flew to San Francisco, interviewed for launch, and we got accepted. Oh and my so, gosh. Yeah, so that came with a sizable investment. Um, and I mean, a, uh, you know, pre-seed size investment and uh, three months in San Francisco attending the Launch Accelerator twice a week. And um, that was an amazing experience. And within that time there, we unfortunately lost our biggest client at Publoft, which was contributing a third of our recurring revenue, uh, which is sort of one of the big lessons that I learned, um, you know. <laughs> Uh, split your uh, split your your try to have like one no no one client contributing more than you know ten percent of your revenue, um, but that was a big hit and that sort of sent us down a spiral of uh, uncertainty and um, making every mistake that there is to make in the book of entrepreneurship, and through that spiral, Matt envisioned. Uh, school for freelancers rather than the agency that, you know, hired all the freelancers that we wanted Publoft to be. Mm -hmm. And so we built Gigloft yeah. um, that summer. And then um, we just sort of had some, some differing opinions on how we wanted to move forward with it. Um, and Matt decided to step back, uh, get a job and sort of stabilize. Um, and so when he did that, I started looking for some freelance clients my first freelance client that I got happened to turn into a full-time offer, uh, which I then took. And so in January of 2020, um, I wound down Publoft, the agency, uh, referred out all of our clients and ended the agency model to be able to go full-time in my job 
and uh, when Matt was ready to come back to focus our side hustle efforts on Gigloft exclusively, because that was a big mistake, was trying to run Publoft and build Gigloft at the same time. Um, so yeah, so, so Publoft is no longer active as far as servicing clients, uh, but what I'm, what I'm exploring instead is uh, almost like a franchise model where, because we had developed a pretty unique approach to content marketing that I won't get into, but we've had some attention from, from content marketers, like freelance marketers who want to basically take that approach, but they want to they wanna do it with Publoft. They're like, oh, I wish that you guys were hiring. And so what we thought was, what if we created some kind of franchise model where the freelance marketer, um, uh, you know, essentially is an independent strategist, an independent content marketer. Mm -hmm. um, but we have a relationship with them to support them in these efforts, delivering what we call curriculum marketing to their clients. And so extremely low overhead on our part. It's basically just like coaching students in Gigloft. Um, but it'll, it'll potentially allow the Publoft brand to live on after all. And, um, and, Ideally, the, the, my, my vision is to essentially create a templated Watts stack that I'll talk about, uh, which includes Airtable, that any independent strategist who wanted to spin up their own Publoft, so to speak, would just spin up their own stack and, uh, and they would be good to go within the space of a week. Oh my goodness. That is all super exciting. Super interesting as well. And it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate too. You, you've also, have, uh, is it crash crash.co? Yeah. Crash is my full time. Wonderful. And that's a job hunting site. So crash is, uh, in for lack of a better term, uh, a job hunting site. So crash is a video pitch tool. Awesome. The, the idea is rather than just applying to a job, create a video pitch, showcasing the things that really matter, like the work that you've done to prove your skills, the tech stack that you, you know, the software tools that you know to help you uh, do those things, um, and, and go find the hiring manager at the company that you're excited about and send this pitch link to them via email and bug them instead of resumes, cover letters, job application portals, black holes, generic, uh, you know, rejection emails and all of that, which is super disheartening. So the, the long-term vision for crash is kind of a, a full, you know, career launch platform. Awesome. And it, so it, it kind of personalizes it a little bit too, like allows the person to really put out there what they, what they want people to see. That's right. Yeah. It, it personalizes, not only does it humanize the job hunting process through the video and, and through the, uh, the sort of look at me thing, but also, and I'd say even more importantly, it, it forces job seekers uh, or, or how we think about like career builders, career launchers to actually think about what industries they're interested in, what companies are playing in those spaces, who's running those companies and to, to, to really try to put the focus on them and say, hey, I'm so excited about what you guys are doing because for the past five years, I've been racking my brains about a solution like this or you know, somebody in my life suffered from this problem and now you guys are coming up with a solution to it. I'm really excited and making, making the reach out about the company uh, rather than just, you know, oh, mighty company, please bestow upon me a job. <laughs> 
Well, wonderful. I think that has just like such a great uh, idea around it. And that sounds really great. Thank you. Of course. And so have you been using Airtable uh, like you did for Publoft for uh, Crash and Gigloft as well? <laughs> so Gigloft, yes, but not in the same way. For Crash, we also use Airtable, uh, but yet in a different way. So for Crash, what we do on Airtable is right now, until we're able to build something on proprietary tech within our app itself, um, all we're doing with Airtable is um, pulling recently funded companies from Crunchbase and sort of enriching the data a little bit, just like, you know, creating the company base, the people base, the, uh, the investment firms base, and creating a resource that ambitious, uh, ambitious career launchers can go and dig in and filter by keyword. Like if they're really interested in the environment, here's like the 25 companies on this list that are doing something related to the environment. And so it's kind of a discovery tool, uh, just, you know, low code until we build something ourselves. With Gigloft, uh, Airtable is primarily a uh, CRM. So everybody who requests a syllabus for the program gets added to it. Anybody who requests to join the Slack community or anybody who requests, uh, you know, who, who essentially subscribes to updates in a specific type of content like how to get clients or how to market yourself or how to organize your your freelance business um, everybody pulls into there and then we've got a little bit of automation going through for the um, for the uh, for our funnel for our, our uh, student acquisition funnel um, but Publoft was by far the most uh, badass use of Airtable that that I think I've seen <laughs> and that we've certainly done in in any of our projects that's awesome. So you, from start to finish, everything done, did you do it in just one base or do you have like things split up into several different categories? Uh, for Publoft? Right. Let's dive in. I mean, I'm ready to share my screen if you want. Yeah, please. Absolutely. This was the base that we were, that, that we were using. So as you can see here, we had topic clusters, which were sort of like, they formed the basis for all of the assignments. And the reason it was important to split those up was because uh, you know, if we wanted to write on a topic such as, um, you know, how to build an Airtable, um, it was possible that the first assignment that we created based on that topic would be either not accepted by the client or it would be fine, but then um, they would want to do like a follow-up post on the same topic. And so the assignments topics thing was important to differentiate sort of like a, a repository of all possible topics mm -hmm. and then assignments were the the literal things being written about those topics right so you have a one-to-many relationship exactly and uh so we were logging all of our customers here all of our uh all of our people so our writers editors designers mm -hmm. uh strategists and everyone and then at first we were actually building our own master keyword list um, and the idea was really to, uh, to just like get a, get like a data flywheel going on, um, search volumes, keyword difficulty, click through potential. Uh, what was this? Oh, and then this is where was our own score that we were computing of like how valuable, like for example, when we were working with a CBD client for a while, this term Las Vegas dispensary 
60,000 monthly searches, super low KD, super high click-through potential from SEMrush. And so it had a 12.54 score, which we would, we would you know, sort this. Um, and uh, uh, where is it? Oh, yeah, Publos score. And so we would sort this. And um, oh, it's because I'm grouping and just get like, we would do a ton of keyword research and then see what keywords were most valuable to hit immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we sort of left that behind as we went along. Um, but yeah, so Publoft ran off of this base and primarily off of these first five uh, or four tables. We originally were doing deliverables. So you could see that um, we had, you know, like an ebook or a classic article, a white paper, keyword research as like a productized service. Like what, what is one unit of keyword research? Like <laughs> it, was, it was hard to figure out. And, um, and so we ended up just selling monthly recurring strategy plus how many articles do you want to publish per month? Is it every two weeks? Is it every week? Is it twice a week or whatever? And, um, and all of these would be created uh, by... Um, our strategists in our Weebly portal, um, which is no longer up, but essentially it was a Weebly page access, you know, restricted access Weebly page with uh, an embedded view of this topics database so that they could see topics that were, uh, I think the status was ready for production. Um, yeah, ready to send. And so it would show all of the, the topics from here. And then um, they would use a type form to trigger the zap that would create the assignment in the Airtable assignments database, find the writer that they wanted to assign it to based on the writer's ID uh, in the R people database, look up the email address of the writer, send the writer an email, create a Google doc from a template and send that to the writer and share them access and say, here's your thing. You can start writing. Also remind them where they could find the customer's strategy document. And so with, with one, with like a four field type form in our Weebly portal, a content strategist in the pub loft in the pub loft days was able to essentially do 16 actions just by submitting that type form. And it allowed us to stay super, um, uh, up to date with like statuses, like status management was, was really easy that way. Um, keeping track of, you know, which writers were assigned to which customers, where all the Google docs were, the date that it was assigned, the date that the, that it's due back from the writer, the date the writer claimed it, the date they submitted it, whether it was later on time. And then we tried doing like a bunch of cool stuff where we were like calculating. So we, we had editors, um, it's all hidden, but we had editors um, uh, basically rating the quality of the of the content, rating the post submissions on a few different factors, and we were logging that in Airtable and then calculating scores that we would assign to the assignment based on the writer the editor's feedback, and then we would compute that or like roll that up into an overall like an average score for the writers. And we were, we had a a leaderboard of like the best writers. It was, it was a lot of fun. (laughs) That's awesome. And and that's a good way to kind of like spark some more creativity and a little competition between people. And that's, that's fun. Yep. But yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to, to share anything or like answer any questions, but that's pretty much the gist of it, right? Is like, it was all 
run through Zapier and um, all like relationally so that we could easily look things up from one database to a next. Absolutely. And did you use any blocks at all or have you been at all recently? That is a good question. No, we were not really using blocks back in the day. I actually have used blocks a lot more for um, Gigloft just to see like referral sources um, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I think blocks, blocks were either introduced while we were building all of this out or recently I had built it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, uh, we never really did much with them. Um, but I know they're super powerful. They are getting more and more powerful. I'm super excited about all the new things that they've been rolling out. Um, yeah. The scripting block is super cool. Um, what is that? It's, you can use JavaScript to write code to like run little programs in your base. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's so cool. Do you know JavaScript at all? Uh, just a little bit. You really only need a little bit. They give you a couple examples um, and like you can um, just tweak from there. Like they give uh-huh. you examples on how to do um, like, run, like run a report and you can print it off from this block or like it, it's, it's really cool. Interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. See, we were, we were using Zapier for this stuff. So I was teaching myself how to, how to, um, I was like doing a combination of like Zapier support forums, Airtable forums, and just like Stack Exchange mm-hmm. um, to uh, to teach myself enough JavaScript to be able to use Zapier's custom Zap or custom functionality or whatever the thing is called um, to uh, to do specific things like that. So it's cool that they've added it into Airtable. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. That's that's funny you mentioned that. I just started doing that as well with my zaps. Like instead of using the formatting steps, uh, like yep. four in a row, I just do one big JavaScript block and it saves like four different tasks. It's wonderful. That's right, exactly. It, it, it um, reduces your, your Zapier usage. Quite a bit. Absolutely. Well, this is a super impressive base and this is um, available on the Airtable universe, correct? Yeah. So there's a version of this that's available on the Airtable universe, which just cut out all of our customer data, the people data and everything. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is, this is something like I cleaned it up. I cleaned it up somewhat for the Airtable universe thing, but it's still sort of just got all of the, all of the records in it. Um, because there was, it it was just like too hard to like batch clean. Um, but, um, but what I really want to do at some point is actually build sort of like a from scratch base with topics, assignments, customers, people, deliverables, Mm -hmm. and maybe, uh, maybe, um, master keyword list, but just like something from scratch that is like you know, just a template that anybody can like spin up. And I'll say one more thing, actually, I just realized this. We were also creating customer views that we were sharing in like a customer portal, right? So that they could see, like they they could have real-time access into our internal system to see which posts were going to be delivered on which dates and and all that stuff. That's Um, super useful. Yeah, and we we were paying writers um, through this view. So we had a filter where payment was empty, uh, writer submission date was not empty. So they had submitted the article 
and it didn't contain this customer is writer thing and writer wasn't empty and it would return uh, basically, oh, and there were, there were more filters. I changed these for the last payroll that I ran, um, but we, we were actually filtering to show the previous two weeks assignments that had been turned in. That was who we were paying that week. And then two weeks later, you know, the base would update with the new list of assignments that have been submitted. So it's just like a super simple way to keep, to have perfect eyes on who hasn't been paid yet and who is submitted something in the time frame that we're paying for right now. And it made for just like really quick, like paying all of our writers was an every other Friday thing in the space of 20 minutes. It was done. That's awesome. Yeah. You could even like hook it up with PayPal too, to just like send it all out or. I know. I know. Well, and so if, if we were doing this again, um, I would, I would do a lot more with like custom web hooks mm -hmm. and, um, and I would actually do it directly through Stripe because we were originally using like Zoho subscriptions uh, and we, like we tested Bonsai, we tested QuickBooks uh, and then finally Zoho subscriptions was kind of what made sense for what we wanted to do since we were doing um, subscriptions uh, with our, with our customers, um, no one-off projects and, um, and, then Zoho subscriptions is just like a huge pain in the ass. Don't recommend the product at all. Um, yeah. I, what I actually recommend, which is what we, what we ended up doing in the last few months was just going directly in Stripe because mm -hmm. on Stripe you can create products, you can create subscriptions and, and just like create a customer, uh, create a subscription for that customer, subscribe them to XYZ products and all this stuff. And, um, and I don't know all the functionality that, that Zapier offers for, for Stripe specifically, right. uh, but I know that there is some that we were using and, um, and it would have just been so much easier to use something like that to like basically anything that's like, you know, we would just, the idea would be, the flow would be you go in as an administrator and you go through the assignments and you just take a box that's like approved for payment or whatever. Mm -hmm. approved for payroll and then it would add it to a queue in Zapier that would trigger a Stripe uh, function every two weeks and just go look up those writers and automatically, you know, pay them out or something. <laughs> Super cool. Exactly. Yeah. It saves so much time and I just think it's going to keep growing and growing. More and more people are going to be latching on to Airtable and being able to run their business from it. And this is a great jumping off point for people to get started. I agree for anybody who wants to build like something where they're collaborating with, you know, if you're a content strategist uh, or a content marketer and you don't want to write all the content or you need to, you just want to like be able to scale yourself, like building something like this is the best way to do it because it's custom, but it doesn't require spending $10,000 on a developer to build a custom solution. And, um, it automated so, so much of our recurring week to week, day to day activities. That is what enabled us to like stay focused on serving the customer and on increasing the quality of our products and services, excuse me, rather than, um, you know, being stuck, like managing and organizing all day. Absolutely. Going into massive tech debt and not being able to get back out of it. So that's, yeah. that's awesome. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> wonderful. Well, I applaud you for that. That's wonderful. Thank you. Of course. 
And where can our listeners go to learn more about you? And, and we'll, make, uh, we'll definitely put a link to the universe base in the show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the best place to find me is my website, which is jeremy.chevalier.net. Um, and uh, from there, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, everything sort of links out from there. But that's the, that's the landing pad. Excellent. Well, we'll put all of that in the show notes. And thank you so much, Jeremy. It was a pleasure talking with you today. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure on my end as well. Wonderful. Thank you. Have a great day. You too.